Hello and welcome to another edition of the 4th and Inches College Podcast. A little bit of a twist this week. Uh, it's a bit of a bowl special. Um, so it's a bit of a mix of scores on the doors and the normal podcast all rolled into one spectacular. Uh, so just going to get on with it. Um, so with me as always um, from the flagship show is Sukpeet Pooney. Hi guys. And I'll butcher his name as I do every time I'm asked to host this. Nick Lowe who's still feeling a little under the weather. How are you doing, bud? <coughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks. Just, yeah, feeling a bit under the weather, but uh, probably because Christmas is, is been and gone. But, yeah, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas um, and festive period. And um, we sure did here in the Loth household. Loth, that's it. That's it. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> At least I could segue it in this time rather than just bluntly going, you got it wrong. You <laughs> got it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit doing it a little bit different this week, guys. Just because obviously there's been some bowl games, but nothing massively headlined to speak about. It's been all the smaller bowls as we work our way through bowl season. But out of the bowls that there have been, guys, is there any that have caught your eye that you've managed to watch? Or yeah, um, um, managed to literally this afternoon. Um, pack in half of the Coastal Carolina Liberty game, and my it was uh, it's going to take some topping to to beat you know beat that game. So finished thirty seven thirty four, an overtime win uh, with a field goal, and yeah, it was it was very tense, very very tense game. I mean, uh, Grayson McCall had a had a had a fantastic game. Um, literally, I thought they were going to win at the end because we're in the fourth quarter and. Um, Liberty look like they're gonna score. They're literally in the, you know, literally near the end zone, and literally right the last few last minute they fumble the ball, and Coastal Carolina regained possession. And you know, when things like that happen, you tend to think, okay, it's gonna go the way of one team. But when it went to overtime, obviously they've got you know these rules um, where they start off on the twenty-five yard line, you know, on the um, obviously opposition half and you know that obviously plays to some team's advantage so really it was anyone's game but uh, Liberty got the field goal and then when it was Coastal Carolina's turn they went free and out went for the field goal and they blocked the field goal right at the end so absolute scenes and um, it's a shame because Coastal Carolina obviously had a very very uh, good season it's a shame to see you know at least that one defeat but Liberty as well they've won a lot of people's hearts over as well haven't they this year so you know, maybe maybe it's yeah. good. Yeah, it was a game we meant to get early in the year. It was a, uh, you know, and I think it, I caught a little bit of it. Lived up to the hype. It was a very good game and a very good ending. Unpopular opinion from most. I prefer the college overtime system to the pros. I I I think college overtime is just so much more exciting than um, in the NFL. Um, 
I haven't caught anywhere near as many bowl games as I want to, but I did watch BYU UCF, and that was a bit of a offensive masterclass from BYU. Zach Wilson showed why everyone had a lot of hype around him, had a really good game, had about 420 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, BYU's back, Algier, I think his name was, 173 yards rushing. Just UCF never, UCF were down 21 nothing by the end of the first quarter. They they were trying, but beat just Zach Wilson, it was a bit of a masterclass from him, and the game was never really in doubt. Um, I'm guessing with being under the weather, Nick, you've not really managed to catch much of bowl season so far. Uh, yeah, I, I watched I watched like an extensive highlight package of BYU versus UCF, and um, you know I, I'm a big fan of well of UCF. They're like my unofficial second team. And I knew that UCF had a number of opt-outs and a number of, I think, like, they had some, like, was it, like, three or four of their starting players on defence um, not playing. So it was basically a UCF mm. backup team on defence. Um, and that showed, uh, you know, they didn't, they, uh, their, their team wasn't, with a BYU team that's been so competitive and so strong this season, mm. If UCF weren't full strength, I didn't think they were going to have a chance and they were far from full strength. But Zach Wilson, man, yeah, I I've, uh, I like Wilson. Um, but this is the first time I've watched him and thought, oh, OK, I can see why people are projecting him to be in the first round this year. Sure, but he made he made all the throws, didn't he? Um, so, mm, yeah, yeah. You know, I like Wilson a lot. So that's uh, that's what I saw of... Um, of Zach in my in my IPA and cranberry pork pie fueled last three <laughs> or four days. What about um, Marshall? But, uh, they, uh, I mean, you take you take some of these results with a pinch of salt because some players opt out of these ball games, but obviously Marshall continuing to you know another defeat this time and losing to Buffalo. And Buffalo were without their star running back, you know, so it's uh, that was a that was a shame for them as well. They just ran out. Mm. They just run out of yeah. steam, yeah, haven't they? They just run out of yeah. steam. They kind of, they've kind of just, uh, mm. they kind of reserved all their kind of best performances yeah. for the start of the season, and then probably just quite tired. Yeah. Before we move on to like actually important stuff, what I, I will throw out there is anybody get any nice uh, college gear for Christmas? Anything college related for Crimbo? Yeah, I've gone, Tristan. I was about to say, I actually didn't this year because I I didn't really ask for presents this year as often. I just asked for a little bit of money and I thought instead of getting random bits of gear, I'm just asking money and I'm going to put in a massive order in the new year and I'm going to stock myself up because I've got a little chunkier than I'd like to over the last 12 months. So all my old stuff started to get a bit small. So. It would have been nice, obviously, these gifts to get like t-shirts and whatnot. But I need like a couple of t-shirts. I need a new hoodie. Like I need the whole package. Yeah. So I need to, yeah, I need to speak to our good friend Stuart. I was going to say, I was going uh, to plug yeah. him. Then, but, uh... <laughs> I was about to say, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to plug him, and I'm going to give him a shout and get him yeah. to get me some stuff in. It's just going to be quite a nice large order for me. Uh, and if you guys, yeah, get nice... I actually did order from Stuart. Um company anyway and I've done an order now now I'm not just saying this for the sake of it but Nick I've, I've told you what I paid for and the items and you know even you were like mm-hmm. considering that's including you know your delivery and you know the stress and everything taken away it's a pretty good deal but going back to what I 
sort of ordered. So I had a an Oregon uh, hoodie I ordered. Now it was meant to be for Christmas, but the kind of person I am, literally, I knew what I was getting. The wife ordered it. I literally wore it straight away, and I, I think I wore it for the uh, for the Pac-12 Championship, even though I didn't end up watching it because I thought it was on BT Sport, but I ended up wearing it while the game was going on, if that makes sense. So I'm going to be wearing that. Um, definitely for our bowl game, I'll be I'll be wearing that. Nice. Hmm. That's the one that I just said. said You sent to me, yeah. didn't you? Can you find an Oregon hoodie? But I just sent you a link to one, and you were like, yeah, I like yeah, that one. I, oh, no, no joke. <laughs> I, I looked at about 10, 15 different hoodies, and it was one of them where I just couldn't decide. And I said, you know what? I think Nick knows my taste. And literally the first one he sent, I was like, I love it. So well done, well done, Nick, on that one. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I did all right. I got um, I got uh, some like neoprene type glove, not neoprene, but like the gloves, like winter gloves, but they're quite thin and they've got like <laughs> some text in them and stuff, Nebraska. The gloves, I got like a new era Nebraska like knitted hat. And um the you know the brand there's a brand called Columbia, you know, they do like walking gear, like fleeces and coats and stuff like that. Like they're quite a well known international brand. They did a collaboration mm. with a few college teams. Um, you know, because I wanted a fleece. And uh I was like, Oh, Columbia, that's a good that's a good actual walking walking brand, like outdoors yeah. brand, and they've done a collaboration with Nebraska to make this fleece. So I was like, Oh, you know, sometimes you buy some of these like merch with like teams' names on it and stuff, and it's you pay more, but the quality's crap because they've 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 lured you in by putting the badge on it. But it's actually a really decent quality fleece. So yeah, hat, fleece, and gloves. Wore them out the other day, and uh, yeah, um, pretty pretty happy with my little set. So yeah. Nice one. Nice. Yeah, if nice. anyone got any, if anyone got, if anyone got got any good gear, I'd love to see it. We should put, we'll put a tweet out. Actually, we'll ask Stuart to put a tweet out. Can we ask anyone got any good college gear for Christmas? Love to see it. Hundred percent. Love to see it. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've ordered myself, I ordered myself one thing as a bit of a treat. It's I did a bit like Circle did it as a pre-Christmas treat, but it didn't get across from America mm. quite in time. Um, it's oh. yeah, anyway. I got myself um throwback Hunter Renfro nice. Clemson jersey. Um, oh, pulled it off a guy in South Carolina who just um, I think it was his brother who just I think I don't know what happened, but had a few bits of Clemson gear that he was selling. Just because trying to get like official sort of you could get some Clemson jerseys, but unless you're in sort of South Carolina, some of the more obscure players are a little bit more difficult. But I found yeah, a really nice Renfro jersey as being a Raiders fan as well. He's one of my right. favorite Raider players, so I thought I'd get a run for a jersey. So I've got a nice. few bits going to be coming. I'll be showing off all my new college gear in about two weeks' time. Look forward to seeing it. Look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Right, should we crack on with predicting some bowl games, guys? Let's do it. Yeah. Right then. So let's just get straight into it. No messing around. We are recording this, as we always do, on a Tuesday evening. So we've got a bowl game. We've got a couple of bowl games tonight. So the first one we're going to start with is the first of those two bowl games. Now, we've got number 21-ranked Oklahoma State playing number 18-ranked Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. You heard it right, guys. Cheez-It. Mm. Um, I love Cheez-Its. They're good. 
<laughs> they are good. I'm not sure if it's uh, you know mm. the best bowl sponsor they could have found, but you never know. You never know. Now ESPN have got them. <laughs> Definitely. Fair enough. Um, ESPN have got them as Oklahoma State as a one mm. point favorite in this. So, Sook, I'm going to go to you first. How do you think this one's going to go? Um, I'm going score? for Miami to win this. Um, I think it'll be 28-24. Um, I think Trevor Hubbard's out. Um, so he's opted out of the game. So I think that will play to Miami's advantage. Um, generally, Miami's defence can be good. Obviously, we know they had that game again, which their last was their last game, I believe, was the UNC game, wasn't it? Where they got absolutely annihilated. But then... Looking mm. back, I think UNC beat them the year before as well. So maybe it's just one of those situations where they just can't handle that type of offense. But I think Oklahoma State don't tend to score too many points, um, but they have a decent defense. But I, I get the feeling Miami's gonna gonna do this. Um, I know they are without Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roach, but I, I just I still expect them to maybe just scrape it twenty eight twenty four. So I've got it close, but just the opposite of what the bookies think. No, no, fair enough. Nick, any any good thoughts on this one, buddy? Yeah, I think. Do you know what? Like, because it's the last week, I'm I'm just gonna go with like gut for most of these. I think that I've just kind of looked so much into it this season, and um, believe I swear on my life. Before you told me who, you know, the, the line for this game, um, I was I was gonna back uh, Oklahoma State in this Chuba Hubbard or not like I don't think Hubbard has been that great this season I think anything he's probably he's probably worsened his stock this season by playing that might sound a bit harsh but I I mean what's I, I can't think off the top of my head what his stats have been like but every time I've checked him out he's he's not looked compared to some backs this season he's not looked yeah 4.7 mm. yards a carry five touchdowns uh, it's not 625 yards in yeah. total it's not not the year people expect him to If you look at mock drafts now, he's he's like a, it's kind of gone round to a mid round pick now, isn't he? Where he was first, sorry. you know, talk of being. A... Yeah, sorry, I think I'm just cutting in, cutting out. Uh, I've come off my Wi-Fi now, but yeah, it's not been breathtaking, has it for for Tuba? Um, and uh, yeah, but I still think. I, um. You know, Oklahoma State, they've had a pretty good season. Um, Miami, they just, they looked off to me uh, they, after that smashing of North Carolina. Um, Derek King's committed for another year, hasn't he? Um, and he's going to be playing. But yeah, they went, they, they have a huge, I mean, Baylor aren't an amazing team, but they absolutely beat, beat the pants off Baylor last week. And I don't think it's, I think it's a, two teams that are, in my opinion, a little bit widely overrated. Miami, um, Phillips and, and Roche are, are, are the two best defensive players around the line of scrimmage. So it'll be interesting. Maybe maybe Florida's reserves, Florida's reserves, Miami's reserves are better than we know. I can't admit to know too many players in the depth chart of the Miami defence. But yeah, I, I was going to go for a similar scoreline, but the other way, um, I, I'll go 28-24, but to Oklahoma State. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Five, six, eight. Fair enough. Um, I've got this being a little bit more one-sided 
than you guys. Just I think Miami are going to want to bounce back after that UNC. I think I don't think Oklahoma State have much to play for. Like this doesn't affect. This isn't like they're coming off a good end of the season. They've played well. This is this is you know an exhibition for them. I think Miami, you know, after looking really good and being on course for that sort of third place in the ACC, and then getting absolutely boat raced by North Carolina, I think they'll want to prove a bit more that they're not an overrated team because there's a lot of people like Nick who think Miami are very overrated. Um, I think Miami are quite talented. Um, so I just think a bit more motivation is going to be there for Miami and I've got them winning this one 34-28. I didn't realise that Roche and Phillips both played. Like, they put out their best defence physically possible minus Gregory Rousseau against North Carolina and that defence got 62 points put up on them. Mm. It's insane. I thought they had opt-outs already, but they actually mm. put out like the defense is 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 worse. Whichever one you look at it this time around, but yeah, but whether you think Oklahoma State or UNC on offense, that's obviously a different question. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then the next game that we've got going on tonight into tomorrow morning is a battle of a team that is ranked with a 6-3 and three record against an unranked 4-1 and one team. Uh, so, this is Texas and Colorado in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Um, ESPN have the line that Texas is a 7.5 points favourite. Um, yeah. Nick, what, what are your I, thoughts um, on this one? I've been burned by this before. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah. I'm like I'm like I I just like have belief whether rightly or wrongly in Texas as a as a team. I don't know if you think that Texas is one of those teams that they I hate to be a Longhorns fan because they've got to constantly let you down. They've got a good quarterback in Ailinger, and uh, they've got some guys who are going to go in the first round of the NFL draft, second round of the NFL draft. Um, but but yeah, I honestly think on their day like they can shock. Like, if they beat Oklahoma, if they beat, like, if they had a ball game against, I don't know, I think someone with Texas A&M and beat them, like, I don't know why, but there's something about Texas in my head where I go, like, you know what, that can happen, they are Texas. Um, but equally, they can let you down really badly. And although Colorado have been pretty good this year, um, you know, they, they did get a bit of a, a pasting by Utah. And, yeah... Colorado have, have picked picked off teams at the right time. UCLA started <laughs> slow. Stanford started slow. They beat San Diego State, obviously a non-conference game. And Arizona have been woeful all season. Um, Texas have beaten teams that are good this season. Um, you know they've 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 been competitive against very good teams like Iowa State. Uh, yeah, I've got them to win this one, thirty to twenty. Uh, I think the Longhorns will. Sorry, cut out there, Nick. We'll take the win. Sorry, I, I said, did, he, did he catch my score? Thirty to twenty. Twenty yeah, points to Colorado. Thirty to twenty. Yeah, I call it. Okay. No, fair enough. Um, I'm a bit in line with Nick. I I like Texas here. Um, I. This is as much me not liking the Pac-12 as a conference. I just don't think there's enough quality in the Pac-12, I think. Like, when you look at Colorado's 4-1 and record and you look at the teams they've played 
Uh, UCLA, they're a bit of a meh team. You know, if we're playing hit miss meh, the Pac-12 is either meh's or misses for me, really. Um, even they're good teams because, you know, I think Oregon underperformed. I think USC, as much as they only lost the one game, didn't look very convincing. But Colorado's games have been UCLA, Stanford, San Diego State, Arizona, and Utah. I really don't like any of those teams much. And Texas, they've, you know, they've played some good teams um, this year. And they, you know, their losses have come against teams that are ranked pretty much. I can't think they've had an unranked loss this year. So I don't think it'll be close. I think Texas just have a bit more quality. I've got the Longhorns taking this one, okay. winning 45-27. 45-27, did you say? Yeah, I just think Texas will put up points. I just, I think adding his last game as a Longhorn, bit of a bit of a season of disappointment um, in Texas. You know, Tom Herman could very well be coaching for his job. Um, if rumours have believed that there's a lot of boosters around the Longhorns yeah, program yeah. that are quite keen to get rid of him, so I, I think he'll, I think he'll want. I think again with Bowles, for me, as much motivation as it is talent. And I think there's a bit more motivation. All sides in Texas here, and there is Colorado. Um, I've got a long uh, run uh, winning this. Um, I've got it a bit closer than yourself, Tristan. So I've got it 35 27 uh, to Longhorns. I think, yeah, like you say, Alinga's going to be he's going to be up for this game. Uh, they're on a bit of a run, bar the Iowa State defeat. You know, they looked okay. Um, and, and I have to agree with you. I mean, as much as it pains me, I think the Pac 12. It's definitely a weaker division when you compare sort of the competition in terms of who your teams are facing. And I just think it's going to catch up with Colorado. Uh, they've had less games as well. So I think that gives them a bit of a disadvantage as well in that sense. Um, some people may look at it the opposite way, but I, I personally just see um, Texas going away with this one. So the next game that we've got is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's right, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This is the battle of two teams that any other year would not be anywhere near a bowl game. But with this crazy COVID season, they're just wanting to get bowl games played. So teams that are below the threshold of relative wins and even below 500 are playing bowls. This one, Wake Forest and Wisconsin. Now I'm going to... Just say here, I was very, very, you know, I was very keen on Wisconsin beginning of the season. I got duped by what they looked like on their opening week of the season. Thought they were a very good team, and the more I've watched Wisconsin, the more I don't think they're a good team. Um, not that I'm saying Wake Forest are a good team. I just think this year, one thing Wake Forest have been pretty good at is just consistently putting points on the board. Now, in you know, against higher-powered offences, they've struggled. But this Wisconsin offence, you look at them, they're averaging 22 points a game. That's, this is not high-powered. I, I think Wake Forest can outscore Wisconsin. I really think they do. And I think at this point, I'm going to go with... I think Wake Forest are going to put 31 on the board, and I think Wisconsin are going to put 17 up on the board. I think the Demon Deacons take this. But again, there may be a little bit of ACC bias. I've watched a bit more Wake Forest than I have of Wisconsin in the end. So, um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm feeling that way about it. I think Wisconsin are a bad team. They're a bit young. They need to develop a little bit. Uh, so, any thoughts on this one, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with um, what you said about Wisconsin being a bad team, but their defense is they don't they don't give up too many points, to be honest. And I know you've said about you know Wake Forest getting a lot of points, but like you said, against high powered teams uh, or defenses, shall we say, they have tend to struggle. So I've only got them getting 14 points in this game, which might surprise you. Um, I've got Wisconsin winning this 24-14, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, and It's just going to be literally one or two mistakes here or there is going to be the difference. I won't be surprised if Wake Forest maybe does get a result, to be honest, but I'm just going to go for Wisconsin. I don't know what Mertz is going to do, to be honest. I, I don't have too much faith in him. Um, I'm 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 relying on the Wisconsin defense to maybe get a couple of plays in and maybe do something uh, or the running game uh, potentially. They got uh, Garrett Groshek who in the last game uh, rushed 154 yards, so you know potentially they look at uh, doing something uh, for their running game or their defense maybe get a couple of plays um, maybe runs one in for a touchdown. So yeah, uh, I've got it 24-14 to Wisconsin. Fair enough, Nick. Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of split the difference because uh, it's tough to pick. A You've got one team who scores scores quite effort, effort, effortlessly on offense. Um, Wake Forest really do put up a lot, put up a lot of points, but equally you've got a Wisconsin team who've got a stout defense that even in you know they if you take away the Iowa game in the five other games they've played in the conference, you know they haven't given up more than. Um, more than was it seventeen points in a, in a, in in regular time? Obviously, um, that's 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 pretty good. That's pretty good in college football, which is tend, tends to be obviously a very high scoring sport. But uh, yeah, I, I take a pinch of salt. Wake Forest play in the ACC uh, and the defense and Wisconsin. And, you know the, the quality of the Big Ten this year hasn't been excellent, um, bar a couple of teams. But yeah, um, that's why I think I'm going to go for a um, quite um, sort of prudish twenty to seventeen win, um, and I'm going to edge it to the Badgers. Wisconsin win. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know if this is even right. It doesn't even strike me as a word. But the Verbu or Verbo, B R B O, Citrus Bowl, Auburn Northwestern. Um, Sook, how how do you see this one going? Um, Northwestern's defense, as you said, I've underestimated them time and time again. I can't I can't keep doing that because they've literally proved, you know, week in week out that their defense is going to help them. Bar that sort of Michigan State game, which completely caught us all off guard. They even gave Ohio State a very good game, you know, and they run for their money. Um, so I, I expect them to, I expect them to do a job um, this week. Um, Peyton Ramsey, I'm not totally convinced by him, but he he is one of them where he he will do what he needs to do to win the game as long as he's not sloppy. Um, yes. You know, at the end of the day, even against Ohio State, if you take away those two picks, and if you just you know didn't have them, you never know they could have even turned a high state over that particular game, you know. Um, but I've got them winning this time. I think it will be a close one. Um, 21-16 uh, Northwestern. Um, Bo Nix, you know, it's 
you know, it, it just depends which Bo Nix once again turns up. They can get points, but I think on this occasion he's going to struggle with that Northwestern defense. So I'm, I'm giving Northwestern the edge. Here. Nick, yeah, 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 I do. Um, one thing you must Northwestern are very, very lucky. Um, and very rarely can you say this about a team, definitely can't say it in the NFL very often. But Northwestern don't need their quarterback to be great to win this game, Mm -hmm. they don't have to, you know, they've all season got to this to 14th in the nation and into this bowl game by having a bog standard quarterback in Peyton Ramsey. That's what he is. He's not going to get drafted. Um, you know, whenever he's, is he a senior this year? I think he is. He's not, you know, he's never going to play in the NFL. Um, yet, you know, they've, they've, they've had some nice wins. So they just need him to be pedestrian and for the defense to do its job and the run game to do its job. Although I do know that Northwestern, um, like their two starting running backs are both end of the transfer ball, um, which is an interesting kind of thing. It's um, it's uh, Isaiah Bowser. He's entered it, and didn't they have a guy called Drake Anderson as well, running back? Um, yeah, I don't think they're the two starters, but they've got their two most promising young backup running backs, Isaiah Bowser and Drake Anderson, are both. Quit on the program, um, but yeah, uh, Auburn have been kind of horrible as well. Kind of horrible at times this year. Um, they've 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 been disappointing to say the least. They've obviously sacked their head coach. Um, have they got they have they got well, their new head coach? Is he going to be caught? Is he? He's not going to start the next I, season, is he? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he will. I think. Yeah. I think it will be a more, more of an evaluation process for him. Yeah. Game. But yeah, twenty four fourteen. I've got in favour of the Northwestern Wildcats. Twenty four fourteen. I'm going to be the outlier here, um, and again, I've been harking on about this because I find bowls a pain pain to predict because again, they're just. Some you know they're one-off games for a trophy that to most of these kids doesn't matter unless it's the big bowls, and I think this is one of them. But for me, I think there's one team whose players have something to prove, and it's not so much because of the basis of this season or the basis of what's going forward. I think the Auburn players who are on that team now need to show Brian Harson that they're they're players that can be part of his plan moving forward. You know he's done a very good job at Boise State, uh, you know, continuing where that program was from. But he's going to have to come in and rebuild this Auburn program in his sort of model. And I think these Auburn players will just, again, have that little bit extra going for them because they'll want to show the new coach that absolutely they need to be part of that Auburn team next year, need to be in their starting roles or, you know, that they can contribute. Again, I think this will be a close game. I think, you know, Northwestern's defense is good. They're not going to allow an awful lot. Um, you know, Bo Nix is Bo Nix. He, one week, can look like one of the best quarterbacks in college football. The next week, you're thinking, how is he even starting? So, it's really up and down with him. I've got the Tigers taking this one. I've got Auburn winning this one, 27-21. to 21. I, I'm just I'm going to go with a little bit of an upset. Again, motivation for me is my sort of biggest factor. I, I I have no problem with you 
making that prediction at all. But following this little train of thought back, you had Northwestern to beat Ohio State, but mm-hmm. Northwestern can't beat Auburn. Um, if this was a regular season game, I'd probably look at it in a very different light. Like I say, I'm I'm sort of separating this into the one-off games that they are. Like, okay. if this was a regular season game and Northwestern had something to play for, I'm the, the Wildcats are the better team. But again, they've, mm. got, they've got nothing to prove. They they we know they had a great year, and we mm. know they were a good team. Um, they're there to play the game. Of course, they want to win. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's a difference between 100 percent and 110 percent. If you think you're playing for your job next year, then yeah, that for me is really it's with some of these games, it's you know it's it's tough because there isn't like what motivation do Northwestern have to win this game? Like what what does it do to their season? Well, nothing at all. Well, I'll, I'll I'll flip that a little bit. Um, I, uh, as you might know, Nebraska um, losing record this season. We're invited to play a bowl game, um, and I don't know if this is public knowledge or not. But if it isn't, I'll drop a scoop. They like Northwestern. We're going to be playing an SEC team. I don't know which team before anyone asks, but they were going to be playing an SEC team, and you know it was a it was a decision that relatively split the team because I know a few players were devastated um, that you know they that even even if it was a bowl game that technically doesn't matter it was a chance to go to bowling chance to go to a bowl game I know guys who booked flights uh, you know didn't didn't book their plane tickets home and then on Christmas Eve were scrambling to get a plane ticket back home to wherever they're from because they were so sure that the rest of the whole team wanted to play the game and they ended up doing a vote and they chose not to play. But there's a lot of guys in that team, especially some of the younger guys who were desperate to go play in a ball game. And it did not matter. We weren't even talking about two winning teams playing each other. I have no idea. It could have been like Mississippi State. It could have been anybody. Um, But it meant a lot to these guys to play in this meaningless, pointless, loser's ball. So I think... There'll be some guys in the Northwestern team. You tell like we we've watched them a lot this season. You tell me Paddy Fisher doesn't badly want to win this game. Paddy Fisher, when he steps foot onto the field, wants to win that game more than he wants to eat food for the rest of the year. Like he he you know, he looks like a starving guy who's desperate to try and get a bit of food. You know, there's some I think Northwest I think you'll be surprised at how many how how important this is to a lot of guys who see this as a chance to, on a national stage, you know, against an SEC team. Because, again, Big Ten teams don't get to play SEC teams very much, especially a team like Northwestern. When was the last time they played an SEC team? They don't go to – they don't tend to go to bowl games, mm. you know. So this is, a, this is a chance for them to show we're not just having a good season in our nice little Big Ten conference. We're going to go and beat a winning record team, Auburn, who was always on TV because they play in the SEC. Um, and yeah, I think I think that'll be their motivation. Of course, I understand the motivation you pointed out. These Auburn Tigers want to want to show their new head coach that you know pick me next year. Look, I'm good still. Get rid of the others, sort of thing. Yeah, I get that completely. But just in case, if you thought there wasn't the motivation for Northwestern there, there there, there will be. I promise you, there will be. 
I, 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 I sort of understand your point of view, and obviously, you know, dropping on Nebraska scoop honors like that. But I think the difference between Northwestern and Nebraska needs to be taken into account. So Northwestern, have, I'm not sure they did last year, but definitely the year before went to a bowl game. I can't tell you the last time Nebraska went to a bowl game. I can't tell you the last time Nebraska had more than six wins. Is it possible that the reason some of those Nebraska players are so keen to play a bowl game is they don't know if next year yeah. they're going to get that opportunity? Is that a part of the state of the Nebraska program was leading to that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to have a dig at Nebraska here. It's just, obviously... Some of these guys weren't... Some of these guys weren't... I know exactly what you mean, but a lot of these guys weren't on the team, you know. I think it's mostly the seniors that opted out of playing the game. And it was like the, the younger players, freshmen, sophomore, who weren't on the team when they were, you know, two years ago, aren't, you know, haven't... I know what your point is. Like, if you've been, like, three... You've had, you know, you've had three losing seasons and you get to your fourth season and... You know, it's that culture of losing. But for a lot of these guys, they've only been here a year or two, and still have two more years to play. But they don't, they don't, they're not bothered really. Like they want to just. Um, but yeah, but North. I mean, even Northwestern. The last time they went to a bowl game, they played Utah. Like Auburn's the biggest bowl game they've had in a long time. Music City Bowl. Who did they play? Kentucky. Kentucky. Like this is. I mean, Auburn's the biggest name team that they they'll have played in years. Um, I think it will mean something to them. Um, they played Pitts, Pittsburgh the year before. You know they, they've not got a, they've not had an S, uh, well, I mean the SEC team they've last got was Kentucky. You know they've not played Tennessee. Tennessee is the last time they played a big name team on the first of January 2016. So yeah, that I think that wasn't a great Tennessee well, team either. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no, no I, I understand your point. I understand your point completely. Now, this next bowl game is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Now, <laughs> love it. I'm going to start with you, Nick. Um, Oregon, Iowa State. How do you say that? Ooh. Ooh. Um, again, I'm doing this all from gut. You say the teams, I think, about what I've watched this season and what I've watched lately and what, you know... Um, and I, I think the Ducks will wow. win this game. Um, yeah, I'm just going like purely from the gut. Um, Oregon surprised me in a really good way <laughs> against USC. Now I know we have we've been talking about how USC aren't amazing, but they did. They really did. They they literally put the most complete game of their season together. And I, I, off the back of having your most complete game you tend to want to bank on the team that looked the best the last time out. Now, I know they played USC, Iowa State played Oklahoma, and I would probably rather play USC than Oklahoma. Um, but, yeah, they look they look good. Oregon looked like a completely... I mean, based on, you know, we're talking about Oregon, should, should there be a asterisk against them at Pac-12 champions? That should be based on their season, but not based on that game. Because USC have been the best team in a bad conference this year, and Oregon beat them and beat them handily. Um, so, is it taking the Ducks, what, five, six games to finally get in some sort of stride? Maybe. But, yeah, if I, I think, I don't know what the line is on this game. You look, Oregon being 25th and Iowa 10, you'd go on Iowa State. But, you know, they they looked all right. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy didn't have a great game against Oklahoma, obviously throwing three picks. 
and Oklahoma really heated up at the right time. And again, I'm going to give you a score like 24-20 to Oregon. I don't think it's, it's going to be super close. Um, but yeah, why not? Why not finish what a 3-3 three and three season for Oregon with uh, the Pac-12 championship and a bowl win? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm, we're not going to have a dying duck on next week's podcast. We're going to have a happy duck. <laughs> Uh, just to answer a couple of questions there, um, well, to say a couple of things, Iowa or Iowa State are a four point fa- four point favorite, and the Ducks Split currently it. have a four and two record, um, including their win in the Pac twelve oh, yeah. championship game. Um, My bad. That happens. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of teams in college, and there's a there's a lot to keep your eye on if you miss, if you're missing like a record. Like I can't tell you enough about the Pac twelve. Like I don't know enough. Like I at times I. I, I watch highlights and whatnot, but I can tell you how well, you know, down for down UCLA played. It, it happens. But what I ha- what the one Pac-12 team I have kept an eye on and watched a bit of their games is Oregon. Um, and I'm purely going to do my prediction on the eye test of these two teams. Um, mm. And I just think one is better than the other. And I, I know you can talk about, you know, you're cooking at the right time for your Oregon, but... I just think Iowa State are a better football team at this point in their season, in this whole year. I just think they're the better team. Um, I don't think Oregon are bad. I, you know, I think they've got a young quarterback. They've got young pieces on that defensive side of the ball as well. I think that's a team that's, you know, a, next year, the year after is going to be really something. And I think, you know, Mario Cristobal's doing a great job there. Um, just not a big extension to keep him there amongst all the Texas rumours and the Auburn rumours that he was wanted to come and take one of these bigger conference jobs. And I think he's building the right programme there. I think it's going to be a little bit of a low-scoring affair. I don't think there's too much to it. I've got Iowa State taking this one 28-17. I just, again, I'm purely looking at who I think has been better all year long. And I just think that's Iowa State. And of course, I left Suk till last, our resident Ducks fan. How are you feeling going into the Fiesta Bowl, Suk? What, what are your sort of thoughts on this? And do you think your Ducks can pull it off? Um, I feel a lot better compared to, obviously, what I would have been a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm just happy that we're in this kind of game, to be honest. Um, you know, having, having you know, won the Pac-12 Championship, we, we fully deserved the win. Our defence stepped up big time. And, you know... With free picks, we did a fantastic job in terms of, um, you know, winning that game. It was our defense that won us that game. It wasn't the quarterback play. It wasn't even the running game. You know, literally, our defense, you know, won the game. So, I think it is going to boil down to what kind of game Brock Purdy has. Um, if Brock, are we going to see the Brock Purdy that we saw the other week against Oklahoma, or are we going to see the Brock Purdy who, you know. You, you know, who, who is a good quarterback, you know, a good college quarterback. So for me, I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think Brock Purdy is going to actually turn up this week. The other thing I do worry about, which I think is a key, is the, um, the offences have been able to run the ball on Oregon. Now, I know that didn't happen in the last game, but quite easily you could get a running back, you could get maybe 200 yards rushing against this defence if our defence is not up to scratch. So I think if Brock Purdy just plays sort of a conservative game and allows Brees Hall just to sort of run the ball at them, I think 
the, the defense is going to get tired and they will make mistakes and be a bit sloppy. So I've got it close, but I've got it 34 31 to Iowa State. Um, hopefully I'm wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way as well. Um, I just trust, I just trust um, Purdy more than Tyler Show at the minute. Um, I don't think he did, uh, he, he's had a steady season, but he can also, you know, make mistakes. So that, that's the way I see it this week. And, you know, that's, you know, that's reasonable. I think, like I said, I think it'll be quite a close game. I don't think there'll be too much um, to it. So, I hope you're wrong. So, can I hope for you you're wrong? Because um, I'm always a big supporter of the teams that we all follow doing well. Um, I always I always want to see Oregon play better, good football and win games. I'm always, as much as it is there, I always keep an eye on the basket. Hopefully, hoping they do well yeah. when these games come around, just so we've all be positive and have nice things to talk about. So our next game we're going to go to, we're going to go over to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We're going to go to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We're going to go to Georgia and Cincinnati. Um, this one, I you know, I'm, I was really torn on how to mm. predict this because Georgia have looked a lot better um, the last couple of weeks, but Cincinnati's defence have been you know, very legit all season. But I don't think you can take, you know, I think Georgia will be a different proposition next year when teams come to play them. You know, Daniels is looking a lot better at quarterback. They've got they've got pieces on defense that can play the game well. And, you know, they've got a solid running back in white. You know, again, I don't know their opt-out situation in um, for the Bulldogs for this game. I don't know how many of the players have opted in or out. And Cincinnati, as good as they are on defense, they're not an elite offense, you know. Ridder has looked good, but has put some picks. They're running dopes. The running back has looked okay, um, and there's not, and there's just nothing really that makes me want to really pick either team for this. I just, I, I'm so I'm going to go with being a little bit of a lower scoring affair than most will think, and I've got it as a one touchdown game. I've got the Bearcats losing this one, 21-27. I think the Bulldogs come away with this. Again, I think it will be quite a, a lacklustre game just because, again, two teams, nothing really to prove. Season there, it's just a one-time game. I think the Bearcats' defence will keep them in it and they'll score some points. They've got some weapons, but again, I just think you know it's going to be be one mountain too much for Cincinnati and they won't end this year unbeaten. Um, Suk, um, let's have yeah, your prediction. Um, Cincinnati's defence was, you know, giving up a lot less points uh, at the beginning of the season. But if you look at the last sort of couple of weeks, I mean, I know Tulsa are a good team, 24 against Tulsa, 33 against the UCF team. Um, Jay, Georgia have looked a lot better um, since JT Daniels came in. To play, I think you know the the experiment they had with Stetson Bennett was very much a failure, and obviously since JT Daniels has come in, they've looked a lot more better on offense. You know, putting up forty nine mm-hmm. against Missouri and forty five against South Carolina. So, um, as much as my heart wants the Bearcats to win it, because I think that'll be really good uh, for them to beat one of those you know powerhouse teams. You know, because obviously Georgia still has that reputation. I think Georgia are gonna mm. Georgia are gonna win this. Um, I, I'm going for a close 
close game, but I'm going for 33-28 to Georgia. No, again, I agree with you there. So it's going to be a close game. Nick, have you got it being as close as we have, or do you think this is a bit more one-sided? I'm trying to find a way I can give this to Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> I've tried. Give I've me tried. time. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, no, well, I've looked. So I've looked at the Georgia opt-out list, and you know, their best defensive players are not playing anymore. I don't think Tyson Campbell's playing. I know Monty Rice has opted out. Eric Stokes has opted out. Uh, ben Cleveland, you know, they're going to guard. He's opted out uh, for the NFL draft. What who is playing is um, Aziz Ajalari, you know, their, their, their star outside linebacker defensive end. He is playing, as is um, Richie LeCount, uh, safety. A lot of guys have opted out on this Georgia team, um, mainly on the defense. But. JT Daniels has looked good. Um, you know, finally. I mean, why did it take Georgia so long to like go, you know what, let's put in let's put JT Daniels in? Like I know they wanted to get him, but Stetson Bennett is horrible. Like he's terrible. I think JT Daniels he's hurt so at the start bad. of the year. Mm. And that's why he can take was he? originally. And I think their plan was to sit Daniels for the year and just let him rehab. But Stetson Bennett they realized yeah. that they sort of went, Oh, we need to give you snaps to get you ready because this team, unless you're a good quarterback, just isn't a good team. So I think that's the reason behind yeah. that. But yeah, I can't. Hmm. Georgia have been dominant in the last two weeks, and I don't know if the, the opt outs are, are, are big for Georgia, but Georgia are deep. You know, people say is it Ohio State or DBU, you know, Georgia are uh, to be DBU as well. And um, I'm sure whoever's waiting in the wings is, is just as talented, if not more talented. And we're not talking about a quarterback opt-out or a star receiver or star running back, you know. So, yeah, the opt-outs for me mean Cincinnati put up some more points than they, they might have done. But, yeah, I've got to, I've got to try and pick smart here. Um, what are we saying? 31... 31... 31-24. We'll just go for a touchdown win for the Bulldogs. Did anyone say that, by the way? I kind of zoned out no. when I was trying to find out which Bulldogs uh, were not No, Sooks is a 10-point game to the Bulldogs. I've got it as a one-score game, just a little less um, score yeah. than you. And yeah, I think we're all, I think we're all thinking the same thing. We want to... Was it 33? I've written 38. Oh, no, 33, yeah. It's 33. That's my bad. So, yeah, again, we all had it being close. We all wanted to give it to Cincinnati, but, you know, logic defies and we have to sort of pick the logical pick. Now, this may be the most intriguing bowl matchup outside of the college football playoff, if you ask me. Um, we've got an ascending Oklahoma versus a team that's been on fire all year in Florida, the Gators. And the Sooners do battle in the Cotton Bowl. So, who do you have taken this um, one? I think Carl Pitts is not playing, is he? He's, he's opted out of this game. Yeah, so is Tony, um, there is Tony yeah. for Florida as well. Florida have got some big offensive opt-outs. You know what? I can still see them winning it. Um, I've, I've still got them winning this. I, I still think uh, on offense, they'll... You know, Trask is going to be up for this. He's going to want, you know, 
to you know cement his place in history as well. You know, obviously he's not playing in the playoffs, so he needs to do it in some way or another. So I, I think he's gonna he's gonna do a job. Um, and Florida's still shown. I think Pitts has missed a couple of games this year. They've still shown that they can actually pick up points on offense, uh, regardless of the situation. Uh, their defense is obviously a lot to be desired. That that's going to be the problem for them is their defense. You know, are they going to cope with, you know, that Oklahoma offense which can put points? Um, the key for Florida is to just stay on the field uh, as long as possible, utilize the running game. Um, I'm going for 37, 34 Florida. 37, 34 mm. Florida. Could be more okay. points, but I, I don't know. Just I think they have to have that sort of plan where they 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 need to keep their possession um, time of possession a lot more than Oklahoma. Otherwise, I think they will suffer. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Uh, Nick, um, do you agree with Sick, or do you think the Sooners can take this one? Do you think the opt-outs are too much? What's your prediction <laughs> for this one? Have we lost Nick? Hello? I don't think we may have lost him. I think we may definitely may have lost may have lost him. Well while we wait for for Nick to get back in the room and uh, I'll I'll drop my prediction in. Um I think this will be a high scoring affair. I think this will be, you know. It's going to be points on the board. I don't like either side defensively at all. I just don't, not, neither side can play great defense. Like even the game against Alabama that Florida were closer in, Bama's offense was still going to work mm. on their defense. It was just they managed to go to work on Alabama's um, defense. I just think the Sooners are peaking at the right time. I think Spencer Rattler playing out of his skin. Offensively, they've got some really you know, sort of key players. I don't know if um, Mims, their stud wide receiver, is going to be playing or their running at Stevenson. I don't know what their opt-out situation is for this game. But I have the Sooners edging it in a high-scoring mm-hmm. affair. I've got the Sooners winning this one 41-34. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past that happening, to be honest. Um, I don't think uh, Nick is coming back. So what we'll do is we'll take a short break and uh, Nick will hopefully come back with his prediction for the game. Right, technical issues are all sorted. Mr. Nick is back. Uh, so, Nick, what's your thoughts on Florida or Oklahoma? Well, I kind of did that intentionally because it's the one game I didn't really want to predict because I didn't really know which way to go with it. Um, and I couldn't even sneakily have a little look on Google at the same time because my the Wi-Fi is completely down this house right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I heard about Pitts being out Um do you know what? Like, I'm I'm gonna give the most. Uh, this is really unprofessional, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Florida weren't good when Pitts was out last time. Trask was terrible and collapsed. Uh, the only time that that's the only time he's played badly was when Pitts wasn't playing. Oklahoma playing really well lately. <laughs> Maybe the one of the most informed teams in college football right now. Um, 
So yeah, I'm gonna give it to the Sooners, and I'm gonna give it oh uh, some something like a thirty-eight, thirty-four, Oklahoma. We've got similar scores, just the other way round for me, and I think um, Tristan has Oklahoma winning it. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Next game on our wonderful, wonderful list of bowl games as we're we're in the sort of final stretch, the final three here. We are now going to head across to the Capital One Orange Bowl, um, and two teams who come the end of the year were looking very differently at how it went. A&M were thinking, oh, we could have been a playoff team. And UNC going, if we hadn't have lost silly games, because I don't think any of, apart from the Notre Dame game, their other two losses are just games that you want them to win. Um, so now they go and play in one of the big near six bowls, SEC versus ACC. And this is the game I least wanted to predict. Um Again, don't know the opt-outs on either side. Oh, they've not all been released. Um, I get the feeling. I, I, I'm pretty certain the two running backs, Williams... Yes, they both did declare. Oh, are not playing. Uh, 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 so then I imagine they've opted out then. Yeah, I think they're both going to the draft. So, again, this makes the pick I was going to make even more difficult. And oh, I'm just... I, I think... Without the two running backs, I don't think UNC's passing game is enough to get past A&M. And if, if UNC were at full strength, I'd have this as a closer game. I think, I think their offense is so good, and it has been so good all year. Their defense lets them down. But I think without their two running backs, it's going to make them a little bit more one-dimensional. I think they'll find a way to put up some points, but not as many. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Best parts of the NC's offense out. They're going to put up 17 points. I just feel that A&M's defense will put them in some good short fields um, at times, and they'll capitalize on that. So they're going to get 31 points. It's going to be 31-17 to the Aggies. Uh, Nick, thoughts on A&M versus UNC? Yeah, I like that prediction. That's really annoying. Thanks, Tristan. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have had Texas A&M to win this game anyway. Um just, just because you know uh, they've they've not given us many reasons to not predict them to win all season. Um, you know they felt really snubbed. Um, I've seen some sneaky little posts on Instagram from some of the players and stuff like poking fun at the decision to not send Texas A and M to the college playoffs this year. But uh, yeah, they've they've just Texas A and M just been clinical, haven't they? Like you know since that loss to Alabama. Every game they've played through the played this season, they've just been so clinical. Um, and I don't think UNC, even with their strong offense, is enough to make me think that you know they'll be able to do the same to to them too. But yeah, um, the running back duo uh, <laughs> is huge. There's four key players opted out, isn't there? For, um... Yeah, Diami Brown, their wide receiver as well, who's been a massive part of their passing game. He's out as well. Yeah, um, Michael Carter, Williams, and Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt in defense, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I'm going to roll with Callum Mond. Um, I like the look of him this season. He's been he's been very solid. Um, yeah, and his eye spiller as a girl again. I presume is he playing? 
He's yeah, he's. Um, I've not seen any A and M opt outs. To be fair, I had some as uh, UNT ones. Just yeah, slipped my mind. He's, but only I've not... a, he's only a sophomore, isn't he? Though, am I, am I right? Or he's a sophomore, yeah. But you know, I think yeah. I think you're entitled to opt out at any point, aren't you? If you want to. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you'll see some sophomores not want to play lower bowl games, and if if they think their next year is going to be affecting draft stock, they want to stay healthy. And yeah, I think with being I'll so let... late. I think with yeah, balls being late in the year, it's changed people's minds. Yeah, I'm gonna go something like twenty-seven, seventeen, Texas A&M. Okay. So thoughts? Yeah, I've gone for an A&M win. Um, I followed UNC quite a lot this year. Big fan of Sam Howell, but it's going to be difficult when you've got your two of the best running backs in, you know, arguably in the country this year, um, as well as. You know, Diami Brown, who's, you know, certainly increased his draft stock from a wide receiver perspective. So, um, yeah, I think they'll struggle. Spiller, if he plays, will run over them. Uh, North Carolina's defense isn't the best, in all honesty. Um, I've got UNC getting 20 points. I'm going to go for 38 for Texas A&M. I think they'll they'll get a few more just because I don't trust uh, the Tar Heels defense. Fair enough. Our next game, and the one I will be paying most attention to out of our, you know, these two com- college football playoff semi-finals, um, you know, this, you know, this is probably the what I would say is going to be the more highly contested. If you look at the bookies for um, out of the two semi-finals, we're going to go to the All-State Sugar Bowl. We're going to go to Ohio State versus Clemson. So, thoughts on this one? Um, I think the bookies are being very generous in their odds. I don't see it being as close as what they think. Uh, Clems are gonna, Clemson are gonna turn on the style this week, um, and I think Ohio State have shown that they can be vulnerable at times. Uh, Justin Fields um, don't fully trust him um, now. I think. For me, I wouldn't say his draft stock's gone down, but he's at the point whereby if the New York Jets are picking at number two, I'd highly consider not drafting him, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I'll trust yeah, someone no. like Sam Donald a lot more. I know we've had that discussion previously. So I'm, 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 kind of, I'm kind of at the point now where I just think, yeah, Clemson are going to sort of dominate this game. Um, I'm going for 44-21. Wow. No. Um, no, and you, I felt like you wanted to say it, Suck, but say it, and I will 100% support you. Justin Fields' draft stock has gone down a bit this year. 100%. Yeah. He's, he was, he was before the start of the season, he was, but could he be the number one overall pick? And now it's, is he the second best quarterback or is it Zach Wilson? You've got people saying that legitimately. So no, mm. don't, don't undersell yourself. Like you, yeah. you're spot on. He is his draft stock has gone down. I think I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kind of. Um, I'm gonna give a pass. Fields. I think that they lose this and lose it slightly handily, but it's. I'm gonna put it down to. I don't think Fields is fit. I don't think you know. You can't come back from saying I've got a sprained thumb in my throwing hand. You know, a sprain doesn't fix itself in a week especially when you're playing Clemson. So, um, 
and, and that was evident by the fact that he didn't throw the ball a lot. But, uh, yeah, Trey Sermon, if he can have a game like he did against Northwestern, against Clemson, and then they're a bit of trouble. But, no, I'm going to go 34-21, Clemson. I don't see them blowing a higher spit out as much as that. But, but yeah, I think they'll win it by two scores. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I... Genuinely think we can blow them out. I, because it's not against Clemson to blow out Ohio State. Um, it's you know, I think it wasn't. I think it was 2016 when we played them in our last bowl game that wasn't the college football playoff. We beat them 31 nothing. We just shut them down, and that was Urban Meyer's Ohio State, which I think is a better version of Ohio State than. They are now. Um, yeah, I took, took my total for Clemson, which is a bit annoying. Sorry, mate. But I'm, I'm still going to copy him because I've gone... Yeah, I'm going to go 44-13. Um, wow. Clemson are going to be up for it because it's playoff time. It's Dabo always says... We get to the final few weeks of our regular season and he goes to the second second part of our season to start, championship season. And it's a different mm. Clemson. You watch the Clemson that played Notre Dame. I know people said they, you know, they didn't look great through the season, but when it comes to the big games, Dabo has us prepped. It's not often that we go out and get fleeced in the, in the postseason. We did against LSU in that national championship game. I think you put any team against LSU that year, scoreline would have been similar. I just think LSU are a level above that year. And I think it could be the same with Bama this year. I, I, I don't fear Ohio State in any way, shape, or form. I think we can handily beat them. I think we've got yeah. I think we've got a defense that will keep their run game quiet. I think they're if they're if they're then gonna rely purely on their passing game, I think our corners can do enough to keep Justin Fields busy. And if he's not fully healthy, that's gonna be a problem. And I don't see Ohio State's defense being able to stop Clemson's offense. I think their secondary isn't good enough to to man up on all of our wide receivers and not allow one of them to be open. Because Amari Rogers, who's been our best wide receiver this year, we'll just put him in the slot and then ask Powell to go out wide and deal with Wake. And I think whoever's covering that inside will just allow Amari Rogers to eat constantly, and he will just rack up yards. And ETN will have a game because if they commit to stopping the run too much, then we can spread it. I think. And I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in college football. And I think that matters. Um, so, yeah. What did you say? 44-13. See, that's, it's like you're reading my piece of paper because that's, that's what I've got for the college championship the week after. I think that's what Alabama will beat Clemson by. Wow. I do. I think Alabama are, are quite a bit better than Clemson. Um, and that's just being honest. I think Clemson are the comfortably the comfortably second best team in the nation. As in, I think they will beat Ohio State. I mean, I've got them winning by what thirteen points, but yeah, I don't think there's any way in that Ohio State beat Clemson. Um, they're they and if Ohio State are the I think if Ohio State are the fourth best team or the third best team, and Notre Dame are the other one, Clemson are way better than both of them. Yeah, but then I think there's a huge gap between Alabama and Clemson. Me personally, this season all round, like I think it's just individually, 
Bam, Etienne is a fantastic running back. Harris is better. Uh, Rodgers is their best receiver. Devonta Smith's better. Um, yes, they've got the Trevor Lawrence factor, but I think, yeah, I think I think Bama's defense is better. I think. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I would have agreed with you, Nick, <laughs> until the SEC title game. I saw a Bama defense that can be exposed, and I don't think. I don't necessarily think Clemson could beat Alabama. I don't think it'll be quite as one-sided as that. I think Alabama are the better team this year. And, you know, tough for me to admit as a Clemson fan that we're not the best team in college football. But we're not. Uh, We've got a very young defensive front. We've got an offensive line that's a little bit inconsistent at times. And, you know, and we're missing our big plate. We're we're missing our big-time wide receiver in Justin Ross. EJ Williams, on the other hand, in the Notre Dame game, has put a claim to maybe being our best wide receiver moving forward. And I think that he could have a big part in the playoff now. And and I don't think it would be quite that one-sided. I just think Bama have a weakness on defence, but are the better team. So, speaking of Bama, how do we think this Notre Dame game is going to go? How do we think, you know, do do the Irish have a chance? Can I just give you my score now and just leave you... I'm going to go uh, 49-20. I think Alabama are going to absolutely destroy Notre Dame. Like, they, they'll they be bereft of confidence after losing to Clemson so badly in that championship game. Um, to me, again, to quote the great Jeremiah Sales, Notre Dame is so overrated. And if you start to look back, it's kind of like, I think it's, it's definitely been a TV programme or a movie or something like that, where you've kind of like, I remember it was in a How I Met Your Mother episode where they all kind of, there's this thing where they kind of say like, you know, did you notice that she chews really loud? And then they have flashbacks and in the gl- their mind. And the they glass go, shatter the glass moment. shatters. Yes. That to me, if you look back at Notre Dame, you've gone, wait, yeah, I mean... UNC, they you know they people. Everyone else is not that good, really. And then, like, where are they now? The other teams that they've beaten, and so they're handily, they're a, they're above, they're a well above average team. Uh, again, I don't think Notre Dame would beat Texas A and M. I don't think they'd beat Florida either. So yeah, I think they'll be licking their wounds. I think they'll feel sorry for themselves. And what what do you want? straight after being blown out by the proper Clemson. You know, not the Clemson minus the star QB and a few couple of other key players, but facing the best team in the nation in Alabama and the just steamroll amount of points that they can put up. Um, yeah, Bama are just going to absolutely destroy them. I'm probably being kind to say 49-20. It should be something like 49-10. But no, I'm going to give them 20 points somewhere. But yeah. I think it will absolutely obliterate them. I'm going to give my score next because I'm pretty much in agreement with Nick. I don't think it'll be close. You think they beat a banged-up Clemson in overtime, but they didn't win that game outright. They didn't win it in normal time. They didn't win it by multiple scores. They snuck past Clemson with a true freshman QB and four defensive starters and probably two of their most key defensive players missing the game. It wasn't it wasn't that that game was close. Clemson's backups kept it close again, and I think it shows in the ACC title game when Clemson starters are there, Notre Dame aren't quite in that level. Um, so, and I, and I don't, and I think Alabama will um, 
will dominate. I think Notre Dame's defense will have a few moments where it will stop drives unexpectedly. That's not a terrible unit. It's not great, but it's not terrible. It's above average. Um, but I just don't. I don't see their offense doing enough. I just and again, Notre Dame scored ten points against. You know, scored like ten points against Clemson. They got their only touchdown in garbage time once the starters were out. Like it wasn't. And I think the same thing will happen here. I think Banner will put thirty-five points up. I think Notre Dame will get one lonely touchdown. I think it's thirty-five, yeah. and I think that touchdown comes in the second half when Banner's mind are already on the national championship game. Yeah. And to round us out on this bit, sir. Um, yeah. How do you think? I agree with what you boys have said. Um, Alabama's high-powered offense, great on defense. If you sort of compare to what um, Notre Dame did, you have to look at the, you have to ignore the first game against Clemson. You have to focus on what happened in the, the second game uh, because I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Alabama is slightly above uh, Clemson. Uh, I think they're the sort two, two top tier teams, and then you've got a higher state behind, and then the rest of the pack, including Notre Dame, are, are behind. Um, I've got Alabama getting 44 points. Um, Notre Dame, I think I'm going to give them 17 on this one. So 44-17. 17. And then I'm sure we'll all have to predict the national championship game once we know the participants of the game. And that mm. will be for probably next week's episode. So... We'll all have a nice little chat next week about how well or not well we predicted these games. But I think we should move on. And Can we say that the scores on the doors next week for that game counts as a thousand points? <laughs> winner, winner takes all. Winner takes all yeah. in the national championship game. Suck will be like... No chance. I'm, like already, points I'm already won. This is, this is extra. Suck <laughs> right. won the regular season title. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll... You know the bowl edition. It'll be like we'll we'll get a little peach bowl or something, or an orange bowl, and the winner can have that as the post-season predictions champ, and we'll take it from there. But should we play the game show that no one ever asked for? We don't get a clamoring for it. We just enjoy doing it. Yeah, yeah, we just give it to them. They don't like it. But, yeah, <laughs> our viewership's probably half since we started doing it, but. Yeah, you never, you never know. They might love it. They might love it. Let us know on Twitter your thoughts on this. Let's play a bit of Hit Miss Matt. Miss Hit there. This week, Hit Miss Mayor's got a little bit of a twist. Now, me and Suk have no idea what Nick's planned, but because we weren't originally going to do a Hit Miss Mayor this week, we were just going to do bold predictions, have a little bit of a laugh, but Nick told us he had something planned. So, Nick, what is this mysterious version of Hit Miss Mayor that you've got planned for us this week? All I know, it's bowl-themed, so... Tis, tis bowl-themed. And I've kind of... You know, like this is Miss Hitman, and it essentially is the theme of Miss Hitman. But I'm not gonna lie, I've completely lied to you all 
because it doesn't require you to say miss, hit or meh. You can voluntarily add a miss, hit or meh to the situation. But um, so uh, I decided to go with the four oldest, most historic bowls, which is the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. And I've got for every year from 2010 to last year, the MVP from the game. And you've got to put into order, in your opinion, so the best the best player, the biggest hit to the biggest miss. And each year, for example, in 2010, if you think this player from the Orange Bowl was the best player, the Orange Bowl gets four points. And we'll find ah. out which, which, which bowl has had the best stars in since 2010. Okay. Okay. So... I'm going to fire away, and I hear here is an important twist, though important thing to remember. Some couple of these bowls give give the defense and offense an MVP. So yeah. what I've done is in this, I have chosen the player who was drafted highest in the draft out of those players. Way. For Makes example, sense. in one of in, in one of them, one guy was drafted in the fifth round, I think, and the other one never actually even played. A snap in the NFL, so I've gone with the better player. So, are we ready? Yeah, crack on. Cool. So let's start with the 2010 uh, Rose Bowl. The Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Oregon Ducks 26-17. The uh, MVP of the game was well, there was two, but the highest rank, just for this reason, was Ohio State quarterback Terrell Pryor. Okay, Terrell Pryor. Okay, got Pryor. In the Cotton Bowl, the Ole Miss Rebels beat Oklahoma State Cowboys 21-7. The MVP, we've just given it, is running back Dexter McCluster. Um, in the FedEx Orange Bowl at the time, the Iowa Hawkeyes beat the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 24-14. And the MVP was defensive end for Iowa, Adrian Claiborne. And uh, the MVP of the All-State Sugar Bowl after the Florida Gators beat the Cincinnati Bearcats 51-24 was, of course, Tim Tebow. Now, I was going to also do, like, who like also get the na- who sang the national anthem in each one, and, like, you could vote which, which band <laughs> or which singer, but only some of them have singers. I think the, the Sugar Bowl does every year, but, some, like, well, so the Sugar Bowl was um, Lady Antebellum and the Orange Bowl was Cool in the Gang. But unfortunately, oh, cool. but unfortunately, the Rose Bowl didn't have a singer, and neither did the. Uh, uh, no, no, the Rose Bowl was sung by the University of Oregon marching band. Well, that's shite. Uh, and the eight, and and the eight, the Cotton Bowl didn't have one, so I, I got rid of that. So there's your four people. Um, you have to you have to actually team up and choose um, who you want to give it to. Right, so. Have so you you've got, got to send out number one first out of those? No. Four? No. Okay. They're all because... they're all mad mare and misses to me, really. It's <laughs> it's how it's how high do you Adrian Claiborne was I remember rightly was a late first round pick and never really amounted too too much. Had a couple of okay that's seasons. That's because he played for the books, that's why. Yeah. Terrell Terrell Pryor was in the supplemental draft, was picked by my Raiders, um, played a little bit of quarterback, had Flashes, never could get the starting job held down, ended up playing wide receiver, had that yeah. one really good year playing wide out, and then fizzled into nothingness. Tim Tebow, we all know about Tebow Magic. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Dexter McCluster, just, just a bit of a 
I think he had a bit part role in some NFL teams, nothing too much. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it, I, I think so. It's my, my number one here, and it's not the greatest number one, but I think, again, I think he had somewhat of a bit uh-huh. of success in the NFL for that one year. I'd, I'd probably go with uh, Timmy Tebow. Really? Okay. I, 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 I disagree with you there. Um, mm-hmm. Adrian Claiborne's still playing in the NFL. He is. Is he? Consistent. Yeah. Yep. He's yep. at the Cleveland Browns. So yes. he, looking at looking at his career, okay, he's not he's not had a pro ball. He's not picked up big numbers, <laughs> but he's had he's had four seasons with the Bucks. He's had three seasons with uh, the Falcons, a season with the Patriots, and then back to the Falcons again. And now he's at the Browns. He, so he's got, he's got three and a half sacks this this season. He's got how many sacks already this season? Three, three and a half sacks this season. Oh, I think I think he's got 40, 40 career sacks in the NFL. Yeah. Am I just forgetting about him at times then? Because I, I genuinely think a lot of people I, have. I think I, a lot of I people genu- have. I genuinely thought he bust out on the Bucks and may have made some practice for somewhere. I didn't realise he was still getting snaps in the league. And it shows you just maybe how a little bit out of touch with the league I am then. Um, on, with that being said, sir, I think there is only one way to give it. I, I was not aware that someone like Adrian Claiborne had stuck in the league, was still playing until this very year. I think if we're going to go for the longevity factor, yes, he's not had a standout season maybe, but like you say, to be in the NFL all these years later, he's got to be doing something yeah. right. I think, I think we can agree that Claiborne's probably the pick then. So yeah. four points, four points of the Orange Bowl. Are you in agreement of who come, gets the three points here? Yeah, I'm at a cross between Tebow and Terrell Pryor. Pryor, I believe, has played in the NFL a lot longer. But then again, yeah. when I when I think about who's had more success as a QB, Tebow did get the Broncos to the playoffs. But then Pryor obviously had a bit more longevity in the sense that he had that season with was Washington it... as a <coughs> receiver, didn't he? So, and then went to the Browns to fizzle out, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think it's what do you it's what do you look at? Do you look at that one season in Washington for Terrell Pryor beating that one season for Tim Tebow? I think that's where I'm looking at it. It's you know that that success factor because. <sighs> I think I've got to give it prior, to be honest. Yeah, I'll 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 agree with Terrell Pryor with that one because again, he didn't Terrell Pryor getting three points for the road. <laughs> he did have a wonderful ninety-yard uh, touchdown against uh, Stu Steelers when he was quarterback in my Raiders. It was the first play of the game. It was a read option that prior to yeah ninety-eight yards, I think it might have been actually to the house. So I don't want to throw this in there because at one point for Tristan Tebow was top. McCluster made a Pro Bowl. <laughs> um, are, are we going to drop him down to bottom? Um, no, can't I'm, tempt you. Let let me, because I I don't remember too much of Dexter McCluster's career. Was he at the Titans? Uh, he was. Um, he was at the Chiefs, the Titans and the Chargers and after 2016 he was out of the league. But he had about six, seven years in the league. He made the Pro Bowl on the Chiefs. I don't know if he made it as a, like a return. Yeah, it would not be. Yeah, he, I mean, he's only ever had in his career 1,042 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So, so he might be as a returner, yeah. Yeah, so no, I'd still put him fourth. I think cool. Tebow's impact from a, you know... That just, just from a media standpoint, everything that season just puts him over. I don't remember what the cluster did. So yeah, cool. 
Right, let's crack on to 2011. So, in 2011, in the Rose Bowl, the TCU Horned Frogs beat the Wisconsin Badgers 21-19. And the MVP was Andy Dalton, the quarterback. 2011, uh, LSU Tigers beat the Texas A&M Aggies 41-24 in the Cotton Bowl. And the MVP, of course, we're choosing the one who was ranked drafted higher, was DB Tyron Matthew. Okay. Um, in the Orange Bowl, the Stanford Cardinals beat the Virginia Tech Hokies 40-12. to And the MVP was Andrew Luck. Ooh. And you thought you'd seen the last of them. No, you have not. In the Sugar Bowl, the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Arkansas Razorbacks 31-26. And our good friend Terrell Pryor appears once again, but um. now playing for the Sugar Bowl team, not the uh, Rose Bowl team. So you've got Dalton, Matthew, Luck, and Pryor. Is there any okay. chance that Pryor doesn't come bottom this time? Pryor's I'll, bottom. I'll give you my order off the bat, Sook. I've got Luck, Matthew, Dalton, Pryor. Um, I've got Matthew, Luck, Dalton, Pryor. I've got, I, I've got to give it to the Honey Badge. Just He's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Love this game. <laughs> Uh, you both have great points, but you've got to agree, and that's the that's the bad thing. Unless I have to come in. And I just love make Andrew. My Luck. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a massive Andrew Luck fan. I've even got a signed mini helmet of Andrew Luck. Um, out of all the mini helmets I've got, one of it I've only got like eight on there, and Andrew Luck's is on there. That's how much I I love the guy. So you, you've got but, prior for, you've got prior bottom and Dalton third. You yeah. both agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I know you love the Honey Badger. Yes, the Honey Badger did win a Super Bowl. Um, he didn't win that team that Super Bowl. Their quarterback won them that Super Bowl. Patty Mahomes is just a different breed. Like, I think, like, if you take Tyron Matthew out of that... He, he was in the Pro Bowl last year. Tyron Ty- Ty- Matthew's a great player. I just, I think Andrew Luck's a better player. Like, I know his career was shortened by injury and whatnot. I, I just think Andrew Luck's a better player. I, if I, if you if you were to say to me, Tristan, you've got one spot on your roster, you can either pick one of these two players at their peak and when they're at their best. I'm still taking Andrew Luck. Do, do you need me to to come and weigh in here? Because I'm happy to, you know to be what? the kind of the decider, unless someone I, can be swayed. I, I, I like Tristan's argument. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'd love to argue back and forth, but Andrew Luck's probably had more Pro Bowls, right? Uh, he, yeah, four. I don't know how many matches. I, th- I think he Matthews might have only had two. I mean, if, 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 if it makes you feel any better, so that was the way that I was going to come in. I was going to give it to Luck. Yeah. Um, so, hey, I do love. Ball. I I love Andrew Luck. So yeah, go ahead with Luck. Give it. Give him. Lock him up for yeah. four points. Yeah. And so Orange Bowl taking four points in a row. They're taking like a nice little lead here. Um, By the way, right. this is the best one you've we've done, hands uh, down. Yeah, I think we. Come, come I, I think we need to do more like this, Nick. I, I like this. Yeah. Come. Oh shucks! Come on, guys. It's blushing over here. Right. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's let's move on to 2012, and uh, the Rose Bowl was won by the again. I should honestly, right? Every time we we say this team. I want like I should get like a positive duck and a negative duck because the Oregon Ducks beat the Wisconsin Badgers forty-five to thirty-eight in the twenty twelve Rose Bowl, um, and the MVP. Um, it might be a surprise one, but obviously I've gone for the higher drafted player. 
was linebacker Kiko Alonso. Okay. Um, okay. Nice little interesting start. In the 2012 uh, Cotton Bowl, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks beat the Kansas State Wildcats 29-16. And your player is defensive end Jake Be- Bequet. Um, quarterback Tyler Wilson, I think, got drafted or was undrafted. I'm not sure. The fourth round of the draft, but he was picked after Bequet. So he's the man that we go for. The 2012 Orange Bowl was when the West Virginia Mountaineers blew the Clemson boat, Tigers away. Boat raced my Tigers. My first, first time I stayed up till four in the morning to watch a bowl game, and that's what I watched. Horrible game. Uh, I'm... Se- seven, 70 to 33, and the MVP was. I'm trying to remember who got given MVP that. I don't know if it was. The, the quarterback. Was it Gino? Geno Smith. Yeah, Gino. Um, and in the 2012 Sugar Bowl, the Michigan Wolverines beat the Virginia Tech Hokies 23 to 20. Um, I love that the, the Michigan head coach was Brady Hoke. He <laughs> beat the Hokies. Um, and the MVP went to wide receiver, and of course you'll remember him, an amazing player, Junior Hemingway. Um, who exactly? Um, so you've got Kiko Alonso, Jay Paquette, Geno Smith, and Junior. <laughs> Hemingway. Yeah. The, the uh, toughest thing about this one is we've got to compare Jake Beckwith and Junior Hemingway, which uh, I have no idea. I'm just how... well. I'm going to go. Ju- I was going to say Junior Hemingway got drafted in the seventh round by the Chiefs, played three years, and then has not played in the NFL since. I don't know how much he played as a seventh round pick. Um, your boy Jake Beckwith. Played for the Patriots, was a third round pick for the Patriots and was there for um, four years, I believe. And he has a Super Bowl ring. Um, again, how much? He- oh, and he also played tight end towards the end of his career instead okay. of playing defensive end. Okay, put him third then for winning the yeah. Super Bowl. Well done. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> or for me, it's Gino second, Kiko first. Yeah, I'd have to. I mean, Gino's never been. I mean, he obviously had his time with the Jets. Controversial. Players don't like him. He's got to be second for me. Kiko Alonso is still... um, Well, no, he's not. He's not played this season, has he? He was with the 49ers. He's not opt-out. He's opt-out, yeah. But he's still an active NFL player, isn't he? And he still get regular snaps. He would still, either on special teams or in a defensive package, Mm. would still get some form of regular snap in the league. Gino... Warming the bench somewhere, I guess. Yeah, he's with well, the like... Chargers, right? Or yeah, somewhere. He's somewhere. somewhere yeah. He's somewhere warming a bench, annoying his teammates. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Orange Bowl continues to to lead ahead of the Rose Bowl. The Cotton Bowl comfortably third, and the Sugar Bowl is having a terrible time of it. Um, as we move on to the next year, which is 2013. Uh, and we start with the Rose Bowl. Uh, the Stanford Cardinals beat the Wisconsin Badgers twenty to fourteen. The MVP was running back Step Step Fan. Yeah, I'm actually saying it right. It's spelled like S T E P F A N Step Fan Step Fan Taylor. Um, the Cotton Bowl MVP came of the Texas A and M Aggies after they beat the Oklahoma Sooners forty one thirteen, and of course it was quarterback Johnny Manziel. Uh, in the Orange Bowl, the Florida State Seminoles beat the Northern Illinois Huskies 31-10. to The MVP was fullback for Florida State, Lonnie Pryor. 
and in 2013 in the Sugar Bowl, which is really struggling. Might they get any points back yet? The Louisville Cardinals beat the Florida Gators 33-23 with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. You have Step Step Van Taylor, Johnny Manziel, Lonnie Pryor, and Teddy Bridgewater. Are oh, okay. oh, the Sugar Bowl making a comeback yet? Yeah, 100%. Sugar, Sugar Bowl's got number one. Um, honestly, such as all of the other three. They're all as terrible as each other um, for varying reasons. Um, and I'll go with it. Um, uh, the... Okay. Stefan Taylor had four years in the NFL. Um, 393 yards, one touchdown. Manziel, we know all about, you know, money Manziel. Uh, probably didn't make a lot of money, to be honest, but... And Lonnie Pryor. Lonnie Pryor. Um, no clue, because let's face it, no one cares about the fullback anymore. Um, no, so put, should we just put him fourth, Manziel? Um, Manziel L- L- Lonnie Pryor. Lonnie Pryor didn't even play a snap in the NFL. So, so orange, orange ball taking a one point here. So, so yeah, Lonnie Pryor last. Um, Manziel, I've got to give him second just for starting some games at QB. Yeah, yeah you sort of have to. This is insane. Manziel not coming bottom, coming second on a list of prospects for his time in the NFL. When is when is not Johnny Manziel out of a list of four players came second for what he's done in the NFL? Don't know. Don't. I, well, the sooner we get away from this this one, I, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to, I need to get the the points in. So Johnny Manziel's coming second to you guys. Stefan okay. Taylor's going third. Yeah. So I just need to make sure I've got the points all added up. Stefan <laughs> Taylor. Gets two points for the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. Get themselves three points. Yeah, and we're, we're all good. Right, 2014, let's move on um, to some more. I mean, I think there's a runaway winner in this one as well, unfortunately. The Rose Bowl, uh, the Stanford Cardinals lost this one to the 12-1 and Michigan State Spartans, 24-20. The MVP was quarterback Connor Cook. He's got Connor Cook there. Uh, uh, the Missouri Tigers beat the Oklahoma State Cowboys, 41-31 in the AT&T Cotton Bowl Classic. The MVP was running back Henry Josie. Um, in 2014, the Clemson Tigers beat the Ohio State Buckeyes 40-35 in the Orange Bowl. Uh, the MVP was wide receiver Sammy Watkins. And the 2014 Sugar Bowl MVP came for the Oklahoma Sooners after they beat the Alabama Clemson Tide. Crimson Tide. Clemson Tide. 45-31 in the All-State Sugar Bowl. And it was the quarterback Trevor Knight. So you have Connor Cook, Henry Josie, Sammy Watkins, and Trevor Knight. Sammy Watkins is number one, obviously. Yep. Orange Bowl back on the board. Um, <laughs> I would be tempted to put Connor Cook second. Yep, Connor Cook's because, my second as well. Because he played some games for the Raiders when Carr got injured. He actually started a playoff game. Um, when that year the Raiders went 12-4, and four, Carr broke his leg late in the season. Connor Cook saw out the season and played that playoff game. So he's done something to keep them I mean, and he was a backup for a little while and then the other two years they're sort of just mere players who you, I don't know I don't think either of them did anything in the league well Henry Josie was on four different teams and he got undrafted he finished the season having been on four different teams in that one season and then never played in the NFL again well that's fourth place sort uh, of then um, but I don't uh, but, well hey what did Trevor Knight do is what we really need to know Trevor Knight uh, he only he well 
Trevor Knight was only on two teams for the one year he was in the NFL and both on practice squads. He never actually got made the actual 53 at any point. So are you telling me there's a chance for Mr. Josie? Scott, what do you think? I'm going to give it Trevor Knight just because he's a he got cut less. He got cut less. What? Yeah, he got cut less. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. He got cut less. <laughs> I think Henry Josie's and being he, robbed. He lost, his, he lost his job to Baker Mayfield in college as well, Trevor Knight. So, bless his blessing. So, Henry Josie gets the, the unfortunately, uh, on my little spreadsheet, the, the, the grey of one point. And we're going to give Trevor Knight the yellow, which is two points. Okay. Um, from the Sugar Bowl. Unfortunately, the Sugar Bowl going back to being poor. Uh, let's move on to 2015. Um, are you guys having fun? I'm I am. Lots of fun. Great. Um, right, 2015 uh, spreadsheet. Thank goodness my internet's come back on. Oh, this would have been a nightmare. Right, the 2015 Rose Bowl was won by the Oregon Ducks. They won 59-20 against the Florida State Seminoles. MVP two guys, but we're giving it two in this case, Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does, how does he fare against other guys? Well, the, the Cotton Bowl, now sponsored by Goodyear, was won by the Michigan State Spartans in a fantastic 42-41 win over Baylor. The MVP was quarterback Bryce Petty. Uh, the 20, well, technically, was they've started playing the Orange Bowl um, on the 30th of December, or 31st of December, but anyway... The next, the 2015-ish-ish uh, Orange Bowl was won by the Georgia, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs, 49-34. MVP, quarterback Justin Thomas. Um, and to finish off in the Sugar Bowl, the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Alabama Crimson Tide, 42-35. The MVP, uh, two decent guys, but the, the highest draft player was running back Ezekiel Elton. Zeke Mariota uh, Petty Petty, yeah yeah, I'm agreeing with that yeah. that one's easy back on, the bo- back on the board of the Sugar Bowl um, yeah, you've done it so quickly, I haven't even got time to like highlight these things um what, what, does anyone know what like, Justin Thomas did in the league? Did no, he do nothing at all. I can't. Um, he was, no, he was one of the like... famous cases of, um, he was just he worked in college, and was part of a team. It was an okay Georgia Tech team. The ACC wasn't wonderful back then. Um, and yeah, it was just you, you get it in college sometimes. You get a program with a quarterback that does really well that just has no future in the league, and that was one of them. I doubt he might have gotten drafted, might have gone on a practice squad somewhere, but I doubt he ever um, amounted to anything. Fair play. Right, let's move on to 2016, and the Stanford Cardinals beat the Iowa Hawkeyes 45 16 in the Rose Bowl. MVP, Christian McCaffrey. You've also got Aziz Shitu, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Um, in the Cotton Bowl, the Alabama Crimson Tide beat Michigan State Spartans 38 to zip, nothing. Um, the quarterback, M- uh, Jake Coker, got the uh, MVP, but technically, by our rule in this game, he wasn't the highest drafted player. It was cornerback Cyrus Jones. 
So you've got Cyrus Jones for your consideration. Um, the Orange Bowl was won by the Clemson Tigers. They beat the Oklahoma Sooners 37-17. And the MVP was... Oh, uh, it wasn't on Wikipedia, but I did the Google and Deshaun Watson won it. Um, and I don't know, throwing... And, um, well, pace yourself because you haven't heard who's next. Uh, the Sugar Bowl was won by the Ole Miss Rebels, 48-20 against Oklahoma State Cowboys. And the MVP was, of course, Mr. Irrelevant himself, Chad Kelly, the quarterback for Ole Miss. So McCaffrey, Cyrus Jones, Deshaun Watson and Chad Kelly. I want to hear this argument between Christian McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson and who deserves it. It's a tough one for me. Um I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. Um, we're gonna go with a Clemson quarterback. Can't I'm not going system. anywhere else. Um, I, and I'm 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 not even gonna contest. I yeah, just I have far too much love for Deshaun Watson to put anywhere but top of any list that comes so along. So do I. Uh, it's close. McCaffrey's great. Um, I <sighs> again, it's the bottom two. Where do you put? Yeah. But, but I, just to just, wait, before, just before to we... go back to that, I'll, re- I'll give you the reason for my argument because we people are going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, Tristan's a Clemson fan; he's going with Deshaun Watson." For me, the quarterback position, I based it on hmm. the position alone. So the quarterback position is a lot more essential than the running back position. And I know McCaffrey is, you know, probably the best at that position, but you know, he's had one Pro Bowl season. If I remember correctly, he's been injured obviously this season. Deshaun Watson is—he's carried the Texans team this year. He's played at a high level, best part of the two, three seasons he's been in the league. So that's my reasoning behind Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you say you took a bad Texans team to the playoff, yeah. and it's—they've been caught out this year because they traded away his best weapon, and they've given him nothing but surely coaching to work with. I think if you um. You give Deshaun the right talent around him, you'll he'll be in the playoffs regularly. He'll do well. I, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is a very, very good player, um, and there's a massive argument for him to be number one on that list. But I think yeah, he's had a couple of good seasons. But yeah. McCaffrey's first few years in the league were a little tough. He was still trying to figure out what sort of back he was going to be. Yes, he's exploded onto the scene the last couple of years, but I think Deshaun's been doing it since in the league, yeah. and that was where I edged it. Yeah, yeah. My 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 two pence worth. Um, I would have given it to McCaffrey. But, okay, he he did have um, that one thousand rushing and one thousand receiving in the same year, didn't he? As well, which yeah, M- McCaffrey showed that he was the 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 far and away best player at his position that he could physically be. The Sean Watson has been very good, very good, an elite quarterback, but he's never been undisputably the best player at his position like McCaffrey has been. Um, and so I'm not. I know it's all about the position, but I'm purely judging on how well these guys. For example, I you know if we had Marcus Mariota or or Stefan Gilmore, I'd give it to Stefan Gilmore. Um, although people could say, well, Mariota took a, a team to the to the playoffs many times as a quarterback, and he's a quarterback. It's a much harder position. But I've just kind of given it, in my opinion, to the best player they are or have been. And uh, McCaffrey is, as we say a lot. You don't need to have to draft a high running back. You know, a lot of guys can do the job at running back. So, in my opinion, to be the best running back, um, when there's, you know, was it six, twelve to a dozen or whatever it is, what the saying is, that he's been the he was the best, the best he could be in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's why I would have given to Mancafri. But you, you, you two guys are playing the game, and you've both gone for the same guy. Two to one always. Watson takes top spot. Yeah, um, I've got Chad Kelly third. Yeah, I'll go with that. And Cyrus yeah. Jones fourth. Yep. Just need to colour code it up, guys. Sorry. Um, did you any watch Cyrus Jones was a second round pick when you went in the draft? Did uh, uh no, did I think he was one of, I, I think he was one of those that. players with character concerns and never really just gelled into a team. Um and then it didn't, and you just you take him that high because he's talented and he had the talent. It just never panned out. Can't remember where he went. I think he went to a team that probably wasn't right for him. He went to one of those like Bengali Brown sort of teams, Bengals or Brown, somewhere like that. A team. Uh, it looks like the Patriots he started off with. So in 2016. Okay. So... Sorry, James, James. That's not a bad situation to fall into. So yeah, I don't know what it was. Hey, it's not always it's not always the best place. I mean, you know, look at Aaron. Yeah, Hernandez, maybe for maybe it was one of those not... where the Patriots thought they could take a flyer on the kid because they have a good culture and it doesn't work out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Suk, I love your brutal, brutal honesty. I, I asked that question because I was interested about Cyrus Jones, but I needed the time to quickly colour color coordinate, write up some scores and go to the next week of Wikipedia. And uh, I asked the question and I got, don't know, didn't watch. I mean, and we don't... <laughs> and then, and then, I, I mean, and then Tristan, Tristan saved me. I mean, we've heard of Chad Kelly, you know, um, and Cyrus Jones, to be honest, I, I didn't really have much knowledge on him, to be honest. If, if, if you could have just made up something, would have been fine. But anyway, we'll move, we'll, we'll move, we'll move on because we have... Uh, this will be an interesting one, and it's a question that even NFL draft scouts have had to answer this question. Uh, we move on to the 2017 Rose Bowl. The USC Trojans won a, a shootout 52-49 game over Penn State. Uh, the, the, the MVP quarterback, Sam Darnold. Um, only, only one weird one from these four was uh, Wisconsin... Wisconsin Badgers um, beat the West Michi- Western Michigan Broncos 24-16. Um, the MVP, uh, you might know him from the defense as TJ Edwards, a linebacker who's obviously playing regularly for the Eagles, but he wasn't the highest drafted guy, and that's what we've been going for so far. And that was tight end, the first tight end we've mentioned in this in this show is uh Troy Fumagalli. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, the twenty technically 16, Capital One Orange Bowl, but yeah. it's 2017 because it was played on December 30th, uh, was a 33-32 win for Florida State against Michigan Wolverines, the MVP, running back Dalvin Cook. Um, and the 2017 All-State Sugar Bowl was the Sooners beating the Auburn Tigers, 35-19. The MVP was Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold, Troy Fumagalli, Dalvin Cook, and well, Baker Mayfield. Fumagalli's going fourth, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Troy. God. Cook. Right. I want to put Cook at one. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I know we. I know that makes me sound like a bit hypocritical because of the last I argument. Didn't say anything. Um, but solely Dalvin Cook. It's a difficult one. It's, 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 you haven't been elite yeah. quarterbacks yet. I think if it was an elite yeah, versus an elite it. running back position would take it. One of them's been elite top of in the top echelon of their position. Some have been 
Yeah, I get, um, I yeah. get that. If C Mac was in this argument, yes. he would have been top in this draw. So that's the only way I can I can sort of illustrate. For that. me, it's Mayfield or Darnold. It's I'm. I, the age-old question that NFL draft scouts have to answer as well. But like we've gone back. If we're going on current success, it's Mayfield second, Darnold third. If I'm going on yeah. talent and who I technically think is the better quarterback, if they were in the right situation, that's a different story. Yeah, I'd have to go for Baker Mayfield, but you know, I, I hope in five years' time of having this conversation, Darnold goes ahead of him, which I think oh, it can happen. This one. Baker Mayfield is in the best. Baker Mayfield has the best defensive coordinator in Kevin Stefanski in the yeah. NFL this year. Have you? Have you, you? 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 They're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. I won't. I literally. It's the one thing in the NFL that I won't take it from anyone that they have the best defensive coordinator because their scheme is incredible. Yeah, and and I, I, I'd love. To, that's why I wanted the Jets to get the number one over in a way to free Sam Darnold, but free Sam Darnold would entice my Trevor to go to the Jets. I refer to him like he's my child. Yeah. I can't. I'm so glad the Jags are probably going to get Trevor Lawrence because. Do, do we? Did we even consider the fact that the Jets beat the Browns? No, I don't. I, that that's not on Baker. I'm, I don't think. Yeah, I know. I know. I just want. The, the, I just want to mention yeah. it. Just you know, the the Browns. The Browns were literally calling up guys off the street and asking them to win a game. Yeah, they, pretty they much. Wide receiver. Didn't yeah, they, they did. They had they to. Did. But I just want to bring. Yeah, Mark. Nah, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Right, let's move on. 2018, Rose Bowl, Georgia Bulldogs beat the Oklahoma Sooners 54-48. to 48. The MVP was... Uh, well, two guys who both went in the first round but were going for the highest drafted player. So it's not Sony Michelle, the running back. It's linebacker Roquan Smith. Um, so yeah. a nice solid start with Roquan Smith. Um Going back one, sorry, now Ohio State Buckeyes beat the USC Trojans 24-7 in the Cotton Bowl. The MVP was quarterback JT Barrett. Um, the Wisconsin Badgers beat the Miami Hurricanes 34-24 in the Orange Bowl that year. And the, uh, the MVP was quarterback um, Alex Hornibrook. Okay. Um, and the MVP of the Sugar Bowl, in which the Crimson Tide, Alabama beat Clemson 24-6, was, and, and again, having to play the game technically, we're not going with quarterback Jalen Hurts, we're going with the higher drafted player, defensive tackle Deron Payne. So you have Roquan Smith, JT Barrett, Alex Hornibrook, and Deron Payne. And I'm sure your argument is Roquan um, Smith. For me, it's Deron Smith, Payne, Payne. Uh, um, yeah. And then whichever way you want to put it around. Um, neither of them had success in the league. I'm going to go with who was more successful college quarterback, JT Barrett, Holy Brook. Yeah, I have to agree. Roquan Smith is actually, <clears throat> you know, playing at a very, very decent level. I, I know Payne is as well, but um, Roquan definitely, I think, stands out a lot more. Uh, JT Barrett definitely had the better college career uh, than Hornybrook. And another thing is, Hornybrook, I sent him TTM. He never responded definitely. to me. So you are and going bottom. I, I went, just for my Ooh, argument for Roquan Smith, I went positional importance. I think talent-wise, they're very similar. I think a middle linebacker is a more important, difficult position to play in a defensive tackle. That's what gave uh, Roquan Smith the edge for me. I will say though about Payne, you know, he's really come, he's really kind of settling in the NFL, and he's he's a bit like 
Dalvin Tomlinson, where for me, like Tomlinson's not like the first defensive tackle you think of, but makes a really nice trio type thing, like Payne is with that Jonathan Allen and that you know Chase Young and uh, Sweat. Yeah. That D line is 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 very good from Washington. Um, Payne is not getting the sacks all himself, but he's great stuff in the run, and yeah, he's. Overall, he started to really settle into that to that role in Washington. Let's move on. Uh, tw- uh, the 2019 Rose Bowl, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Washington Huskies 28-23. And our man of the MVP is wah, wah, Dwayne Haskins. This is an all-quarterback round. And, um, you, yeah, Dwayne Haskins might not fare too well here. Because of course the Clemson Tigers beat the Notre Dame Fighting Irish thirty to three, and our guy is—I mean, you know—technically Austin Bryant is the highest drafted in the fourth round of the twenty nineteen draft, but I think we can make a prediction that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be drafted a little bit higher than Bryant. Um, so he's your man there. Uh, the Wisconsin, no, no, haven't clicked to the next one yet. The uh, Alabama Crimson Tie beat the Oklahoma Sooners forty five thirty four in the Orange Bowl that year. Uh, the MVPs. To, uh, this the defensive MVP was actually the Giants' safety Xavier McKinney. But of course, the guy we're talking about here is Tua Tonga Bailoa. And uh, the MVP of the Sugar Bowl that year was Texan Longhorns quarterback Sam Ailinger after they beat the Georgia Bulldogs twenty-eight twenty-one. So Haskins, Lawrence, Tagovailoa, and Ailinger. Um. Nick, you probably... <laughs> Nick, you're going to have to probably interject because, I, again, I'm going to be horribly biased. Trevor Lawrence, number one. Tag of a line, number two. Uh, Haskins, number three. Ailinger, number four. Do you project Ailinger will have a worse... Yes, Ailinger will never be a start in the league. At least when Haskins... And Haskins I think start me, yeah. Yeah. On another subject, I think Washington was the wrong place for Dwayne Haskins. I would not be surprised... If he turns up in one of those good teams, like with a good coaching staff, like someone like the Colts, for instance, Rivers is aging a little bit, go and sit behind him for a couple of years, and then he suddenly becomes a very good quarterback for the Colts. Like I think he's a capable NFL starter. I I I some some kids when they come out of college need to go to the right situation to thrive. I think any of the quarterbacks in that class that ended up in Washington probably would have suffered the same fate. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something? And um, obviously, I've seen Haskins a few times now. NFC East, um, bust, complete bust. Will never do anything in the NFL. Doesn't have starting NFL quarterback capabilities, in my opinion, whatsoever. I think he won't even be in the league in about two or three years' time. I, I genuinely think he is a major, major bust. I don't see any talent he has, in him whatsoever. He has... He has natural arm talent. Starter. He has the ability to manoeuvre. I think the problem that he's having is... It, Can't read defences no, The looks he gives, defences can run all over. Defences can see so easily. I mean, it literally reminds me of Jameis Winston when it comes to sort of the looks he gives, you know, defences. It's so easy to read what Haskins is going but, to do, even when you're just watching the game. But imagine if you, again, use my example, for exact, I think physically he's got everything. I think the mental side of the game is where he's struggling and the things like success. You sit him behind Philip Rivers, someone who can sit down, and it's a kid's it's a matter of whether he's committed to playing quarterback and he's committed to being better. 
Who do you guys sits behind Philip Rivers, learns how to shrug off a defense and control the line a bit better? I think there's enough natural talent there to get him by. I could see it happening. Could I see what Nick's saying happening as well? Absolutely. It's I think I think what he does next is so important. He has I think he needs to go to the right situation if he wants to stand any form of a chance. I think with quarterbacks coming thick and fast every year and decent quarterbacks coming every year, you know, he needs that chance. I, I don't think I'd afford him it, to be honest. Like, he's just, I think he's a Johnny Manziel type. Like, I just don't think he's, I don't think he has. Anyway, we'll move off him because we're going to do the final week, the final one. We haven't agreed on this gonna one. Be yet. Projecting, there's only... We haven't. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you did. I thought you said Trevor Lawrence one, two at two, I... Haskins three, Ailinger four. I'm fine with that. Trevor, that Trevor's not played a snap in the NFL. Why should he be number one? Because Trevor will be an absolutely. Ooh. He will. Will. He will. will. We're not. The conversations about now. You have to give it. To no, two I still one. think Trevor's a better quarterback now. I think Trevor is a better quarterback than Tua right now. I think if you put him in an NFL team, Trevor does better. He, he might be, but I'm basing it on what they've done in their career, and Tua is a starting quarterback in the NFL at the minute. If if this was Herbert and not Tua. I don't. I don't think it's a question that we couldn't put Trevor one. I think Herbert would be one because Herbert has been fantastic, and what the argument is definitely very strong. If you said, "Well, Trevor's going to be better," well, actually, Trevor Trevor quite looks like he possibly could be better. What we're projecting, but but if Trevor has Herbert's rookie season, Trevor went walks away with the offensive rookie of the year without a shadow of doubt. If he has the Herbert season. Trevor Lawrence is the next Peyton Manning, obviously. So I get both sides because Tua hasn't had the Herbert season. Tua's also has is been made the starter, but then got benched by Fitzpatrick for a bit. But he has started in the NFL, so Trevor yeah, could blow it. He could he could be at Jacksonville, and he could be injured. He could be out for the. You know, is correct. Who's to say what he's going to do in the NFL? It's not guaranteed. He stays healthy. My my, he hasn't got injury concerns knocking around him. But I can't project. It's not happened yet. So for me, I I have to give with what I see has happened, and that's why I have to give to it. To be honest, I I think Nick. To be honest, maybe shouldn't have. Well, actually, it's a good one that you have been because we're all I think, but... I think you're giving it to Tua because you're looking at the Dolphins this season and going, yeah, that's a good team. Uh, that's Miami's defence doing bits for them. That's not Tua taking them to the playoffs. It's Tua servicing an offence while their defence legitimately makes them look better than he is. Well, I think the argument, like uh, Suk is saying, is that he's actually, he's yeah, actually there yeah. and taking the snaps and... And win the games, like he's acting as Trevor's currently playing college football, technically. But I know um, this time next uh, year, I, I, well, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, I, yeah, okay. Um, can I just give each of them three and a half points? Is that, you're the host, Nick. You're the host, you do what you think is right. I'm, you yeah, do what he feels right, yeah. I get, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I so get six points, I, and yeah. again, mine's probably a bias as well. I won't. I won't lie. And to be fair, I went with you on Deshaun Watson. And to be fair, I agreed with you 100% on that one. Um, well, no one agreed with me. With that being said, <laughs> he did go with me on Deshaun Watson. I will, I will sit and agree with Sook and I'll let Trevor be second. And 
We'll put. Oh, two I just wrote down the points. We'll use to cipher gods. No, I'm joking. Um, that's fine. I can I can deal with all the scribbling out. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. 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 So we're gonna put you there. You there. Right. Sound cool. Right. Let's move on. So the final one, and and you have to do some projecting here um, as he winces. Um, but yeah, there's. And unfortunately, some of them are really far away from playing in the NFL. But I'm going to do it for the sake of it. The Rose Bowl was won by the Oregon Ducks, quack, quack, uh, as they beat the Wisconsin Badgers 28-27, the MVP, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. Uh, the Cotton Bowl MVP um, is was, was running back Journey Brown, but he obviously isn't. He's had to quit football. Um, and so the MVP award in this case is going to go to linebacker Micah Parsons. They won 53-39 against Memphis. Uh, the Orange Bowl the Orange Bowl was won by um, uh, the Florida Gators. They beat the Virginia Cavaliers 36-28. The MVP was running back LaMichael P. Ryan drafted by the Jets. And the Sugar Bowl was won by Georgia Bulldogs 2016, 26-14 against the Baylor Bears. MVP was wide receiver George Pickens. So Justin Herbert, Michael Parsons, LaMichael P. Ryan and George Pickens. Tough because two of them are still in college. One of them will still be in college next year. Um, Herbert won. Yeah, I, I sort of want to put Parsons at two. I think his talent translates yeah. wonderfully. I, I seem like a hypocrite again uh, for doing this now. But, but I mean, he's with the Jets, right? He's not going to do anything, is he? No, he's going to be a serviceable option in a backfield. He's never going to be the lead back anywhere. And yeah, and Pickens, <sighs> I'm not sold on Pickens um, no. at all, really, as a player. I'm just not sold whether he'll translate well or not. And to me, he sits, he'll sit. I'd go Pickens, the Michael, Parsons, Herbert. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Just getting my final tallies. Okay. So I can reveal that. Oops, nope. I can't reveal quite yet. Give me three, two. One right now, back. Um, okay, so the scores on the doors bottom is the Cotton Bowl with 22 points, second is the Sugar Bowl, third was sorry, it's the Sugar Bowl with 24 points, and then because you ended up giving it to Tua, um, the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl wow. high at 32 points each. Wow. There you go, there you go. So if we had gone Trevor, the Rose Bowl would have won. <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet now. But anyway, that's it. Actually, can the we do a bonus fun. one? It took a long time. With the, so, the year. So we started at 2010, right? Bonus round 2009. Those two mm-hmm. bowls. Who was the MVP? And we'll pick a winner. We've got to have a winner. Come on. Oh, wow. So, which is the, Rose Bowl or Orange Bowl? Or you can it? do this. You can either do 2009 or. You can go for all yeah, the MVPs just... of the two that you feel are the best players ever. 
I think it's. You think that's better? I think it's quicker. I think, I think we could have an extra hour on yeah, this podcast true. if we were to then sit and argue the rankings. <laughs> So yeah. we've got we've got Rose Bowl and we need Orange Bowl. Okay. So as I jump back as fast as I can. Yeah. I wonder if you you we guys better agree on Square down. If you don't, I'm just kidding. I hope it's I hope it's I hope I hope it's obvious. Right. The two thousand and nine Rose Bowl was won by the Ohio State Buckeyes beating No, that's that's no, that's I need the one before that. There we go. The the USC Trojans beat the Penn State Nittany Lions 38-24. Head coach Pete Carroll. The MVP was Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. Okay. Mark Sanchez. So there's you. That's what you've got there. The Orange Bowl was won by the Virginia Tech Hokies beating the Cincinnati Bearcats 20-7 and it was running back Mark Sanchez for two years in the NFL. That's the only thing Mark Sanchez will ever win. The Rose Bowl wins it. Uh, maybe, maybe a little wow. embarrassing so the Rose play Bowl would probably it. go to Sanchez. Yeah, most yeah. embarrassing fumble. Yeah, most embarrassing fumble for sure. Um, that's it. So here are your winners: the Rose Bowl. And on that bombshell, Woo! I think that's, I think that's yeah. us, guys. So, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of bowl season. Looks forward to these college football playoff semi-finals. I hope everyone has fun. Unless you're an Ohio State fan, then I hope it all goes terribly wrong for you. And, uh, and yeah, and there we go. Um, but that was fun, guys. I enjoyed that. And same and, time uh, Everyone, have a, a mm. happy new year. And thank you for sticking with us through... How many weeks we've had, you know, this podcast going? It's been great. Yeah, yeah, 20. definitely, definitely. I think we're going to be with you. We're going to be with you right through till April. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think there's a. Like that. We're going to have I enough think... to keep us going through the off season. I think we'll. And guys, our Twitter isn't always in the, our Twitters are in the description of. You know, the podcast that we just anything in particular about college football you want us to talk about during the off season, whether it's go into depth of recruiting, mm. conferences, anything. Just let us know. We need constant. We'll always be happy for constant yeah. ideas for the off-season. But, yeah, I don't see us taking any weeks off. I just reckon the work yeah. rate's going to go we up can even maybe get some fans on and discuss their team's draft needs, you know, anything. You know, we're all open to, you know, your suggestions. Mm. Definitely, definitely. I- all right. Take so, it easy, guys. Mate, it's been a pleasure as yeah. always. Bye, guys.